Right now, when the speaker in your iPhone stops working or a memory stick in your laptop goes bad, you're often left with one option. Take it to an authorized service center and pay for someone else to repair it for you. It's costly, expensive, and something that needs to change. But right to repair legislation is gaining popularity across the country. That change may happen sooner than later. I'm Jason Cipriani with Jason Perlo, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to talk more about right to repair and the impact it would have for all of us. All right, Perlo, before we dive into exactly what right to repair is, I have to know, when was the last time you fixed a gadget, electronic, or another device on your own? Well, this morning, actually, uh, my espresso machine's built-in steam heating and water boiling computer wouldn't turn on, and I freaked out. <laughs> oh, uh, no. I, thought it, I thought it was going to cost me like, you know, $500 to get a repairman over the house. Uh, but it turns out, uh, you know, I was looking up the manuals on the thing. It turns out my wife hit the wrong switch by mistake uh, under the, the front of the thing when she was cleaning it, uh, you know, when she pulled out the water reservoir and all that. Uh, but seriously, you know, it's hard for me to remember, you know, when I re performed a repair on anything. I mean, it was probably like a PC upgrade on one of my desktops, you know, right? Yeah. I, I haven't been able to fix a, a laptop or swap any major component, you know, let alone a component in probably, I'm going to say 10 years, if not more. Man, that's a long time. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I fixed, well, I mean, I built my own computer and so I could swap stuff out on that. But as far as like repairing something myself, uh, just two weekends ago, I had to fix our dryer. Uh, it's, you know, it's a Samsung dryer. And for whatever reason, after doing some research, this specific model I have at the five-year mark, there is a tension roller inside that decides the bearings in it decide to seize up and it, the belt eventually Ooh. melts it down into yeah. a pile of uh, melted plastic or it breaks the belt or both things happen. Uh, so at first I, I was clueless on how to repair it. And I thought, well, this is going to cost us, you know, quite a bit to either repair it or just get a new water or a dryer. But eventually I found uh, YouTube videos, which let me know it's a pretty common issue that led to an Amazon purchase of about $15 for the repair part. And it took my wife and I about 30 minutes to actually swap it out ourselves. And so it was pretty easy it didn't cost a ton of money and it was, you know, a good fix. We have a, a dryer that's good for what, another four or five years now, which is nice. But with those stories in mind, uh, let's, let's dive into right to repair because these are kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, it very much the same thing. So, I mean, uh, you know, right to repair, you know, is a movement uh, for establishing legislation, right? Government legislation, you know, that's attended a lot of consumers and businesses, uh, the ability to repair and modify their own consumer and commercial devices and equipment, right? In the cases of where, you know, a manufacturer of these products, you know, typically, you know, requires the consumer or the business to use only their offered services. So like, for example, you know, I had, uh, you know, uh, a range, a, uh, an oven range that, that, you know, we, that broke down in January and, you know, you have to go through an authorized service provider to fix the thing. Yeah. Essentially, you know, uh, and even if you um, could get access to the part, right, um, having access to their repair manuals and then all that stuff to to, to 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 cover it under warranty or something, you know, that's that's a completely different issue. Right. So while there's a, a problem on a global basis, 
the main debate over this issue has really been centered in the United States and in the European Union. So, for example, you know, you damage your smartphone. Um, you know, Apple and Samsung, you know, may require, uh, pretty much does require the use of their own authorized service centers uh, to repair their phones. Um, you know, otherwise they're not going to honor a warranty claim. Or in some instances, you know, like what Apple does, you know, this is how we learned about that whole battery scam scandal and all that, uh, you know, disable the devices, uh, you know, or, you know, when third party parts are installed. I know there was an issue, you know, like, for example, with cameras, replacement parts and, you know, screens. So it also applies to requiring companies to provide service manuals so that, you know, individuals or any small repair shop, you know, has the information needed to perform those actual repairs. Yeah, so the thing with Apple is kind of interesting, right? They give a, a warning if a non or if a third-party battery or a third-party camera module is detected in the phone. It doesn't fully stop it from working, but they make it clear that they're not happy that there's a third-party right. part inside the phone itself, which you know, I, I kind of get they want you to have the best experience, but at the same time, if that third-party part is working just fine, just, you know, let's leave it alone. But the right right to repair thing doesn't only apply to gadgets, right? It doesn't apply to Samsung or Apple only. John Deere is in the mix of this as well, which, you know, they're infamous tractor yeah. maker, tractor supplier, and they found themselves in the middle of lawsuits with farmers and ranchers demanding the right to repair tractors that they already bought, paid for, and currently own. Yeah, it, it, it applies to all sorts of stuff. Um, farm yeah. equipment, which we'll get into. Computers, hospital equipment, but yes, automobiles and other vehicles are a huge part of this. And in fact, that's where kind of most of this started. So, you know, in the United States in, in 2012, uh, the state of Massachusetts passed the very first right to repair law that requires motor vehicle manufacturers to provide the necessary documents um, to repair these cars. Now, Tesla is under the microscope because it's nearly impossible to repair a Tesla vehicle by yourself, as there's no way to officially order parts from them. And their services manuals are extremely expensive to get access to. You know, like I, I just tried to look at it once just for the heck of it. Um, and it's like thousands of dollars if you want in a year, if you want, you know, uh, official access to it for a year. And it's like a couple hundred dollars a month if you just want access to it for a month. Um, there's other diagnostic equipment and software that, you know, a service center needs is very expensive, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. your local mechanic guy, you know, you veto down at the shop at the gas station can't just suddenly decide to be a Tesla service provider, you know, without laying out a ton of money and going through a lot of vetting processes. Um, in 2020, you know, Massachusetts had to pass additional laws uh, to remove loopholes that allowed Tesla uh, to bypass that original 2012 law. Uh, because I guess they said it was a computer or something and not a, not a car or whatever it was. The, <laughs> of the, course. The, right. So the, the new law requires manufacturers to support an open data platform by the year 2022 that any car owner and repair shop can access via, you know, mobile apps, you know, or other means, you know, a web browser, whatever. So they're provided with the very same information uh, that certified repair people can use. Yeah, so this Tesla thing is interesting to me because I own a Model 3 and there are certain aspects uh, of it that I would like to be able to work on myself. And so in the last year, maybe year and a half, 
I might be a little wrong on the timing. They have started to provide some parts available to order directly from them. Now, I'm not talking like body parts, uh, computer right. chips, anything that goes inside of the car, really. Uh, this is limited to like windshield wipers and um, the air filters that go in it. And they've also started to provide some repair manuals that users can go through. But we're we're not talking service repairs, go in and, and figure out how to troubleshoot the battery or the 12 volt battery or uh, any of that kind of stuff. So they're slowly inching their way, but they're being forced to inch their way towards it. And I, I have no intention on opening up my model three and doing a no. whole bunch of surgery on it. That's just not, but I would like the option of being able to fix minor things on my own. If, you know, I break a side view mirror which has happened before. And I've had to replace it on, I think I had a Nissan Altima I broke it off on. And I was able, again, using YouTube and able to track down a very inexpensive third-party part and watch this YouTube video and, and fix it myself. Why can't I do that for my Tesla? And that's what this really all boils down to, right? Or at so, least giving you more options, you know? I mean, like yeah. what, 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 ha what happens if you're, let's say your Tesla breaks, like you have a, mm -hmm. a computer breakdown or something. What's the process to getting that fixed? And who fixes it for you? Yeah, so right now what happens is it, all Teslas come with roadside assistance through Tesla. So Good. I would yeah. have to either call in or use the mobile app to schedule service. And they have what they call mobile rangers, mobile service technicians, essentially, that will come to you. Uh, if you're on the side of the road, they'll, they'll tow you somewhere. They'll tow you to the nearest service center is what they do, which is about an hour away from me. Or they come to your house. So I've had, you know, to get a uh, the garage, the automatic home link garage door opener installed, and they came in and installed it in my driveway. So if I did break my side view mirror or it stopped working, I could schedule an appointment and the service technician would come to my house and fix it. But I'm still paying Tesla whatever price they want. There's no way, there's no competition there for them, right? I, I don't have the option to fix it myself, which... Now what happens if now that's if under warranty, right? So they're providing a certain amount of service under the warranty period. Now what happens to the, I, I keep hearing these stories about these guys with Teslas that are four or five years old, you know, they're, they're out of warranty, they're older models and yeah. they're scrap, they're, they're scripting around and trying to find stuff on eBay. And, and, you know, how, what I mean, do you do? I mean, what do you right. do if you want an older Tesla fixed? I mean, you got to call them up and then they, and you're at the, and you're at their mercy essentially. And what the hell, yeah, the they'll heck still they charge you. Yeah. 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 You're going to pay. They'll still come to your house. They'll still fix it. You go into a service center and get it repaired there too, out of warranty, but you're paying out of warranty prices. There's a rich rebuilds has a YouTube channel where all he does is go to junkyards, find scrapped Teslas that were, you know, totaled in an accident, take the good parts out of them. And he's, he's done a lot as far as the right to repair stuff is going uh, with Tesla and pushing them. And I think at one point they either sued him or threatened to sue him because he was publishing videos on how to repair certain aspects of Teslas. So, right. you know, they're, they fought quite hard to keep this all in house. But like I said, why can't I repair some minor stuff? Look, I'm like I said, I'm not going to take the battery apart. That's high voltage stuff. Look, That's just yeah. not something I want to jack with. But if I break a, a mirror, I want to be able to fix it on my own. So you talked about Massachusetts having some legislation, you know, going back to 2012. So in California, there's some new legislation coming about that deals a lot with medical yep. equipment that comes from the pandemic and hospitalizations and hospitals found themselves in a weird position with ventilators and ventilators needing to be repaired. And 
look, like I think we all remember a little over a year ago or a little under a year ago, there weren't enough ventilators. That was a big talk. There, there, didn't, there, you know, there weren't enough and how can we get more? And they break down, which required a special technician to come from the device manufacturer yep. to repair it. And the hospitals couldn't have their own technicians repair it on their own. So now there are two pieces of legislation, um, one in California, one in Hawaii. SB 605 is in California and SB 760 is in Hawaii, um, along with HB 415. One, yeah. of those re, uh, one of those goes with um, medical devices in Hawaii, and the other one is just consumer electronics right to repair. But all of this isn't limited to Massachusetts, California, or Hawaii. There's actually a total of about 25 states that currently has legislation going through the various stages um, as right to repair bills that are under consideration. And all of this comes mainly because of the pandemic, right? And uh, people spending more time at home using products, realizing they can't as easily go to a technician to get stuff repaired once it breaks down and needing to get that repaired on their own. And like I said earlier, John Deere is in the middle of a whole bunch of stuff. Originally, what happened was they had these error codes that would show up on the tractor's computer. And the only way to clear the error codes was to pay John Deere for a technician to come out and manually clear the codes, which... Look, they're just error codes, and if nothing's wrong, why do I have to pay a technician to come out and clear it on something I already own? So originally, John Deere said it would provide the instructions, equipment, tools, whatever it was that these farmers and ranchers needed in order to clear their codes on their own by 2021. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. Uh, John Deere didn't do it. And now I think there's a, a handful of states like Arkansas, Kansas, Nebraska, South Carolina, Missouri, I think Vermont's in there as well. They're yeah. looking at lawsuits, if not, or right to repair laws, if not lawsuits, that will force John Deere to end up giving uh, tractor owners, I mean, they own this equipment, giving them the right to to clear their own error codes. Without clearing those, you can't use the tractor. It's just ridiculous that, that this is going on. Yeah, and I I certainly hope that all this, you know, trickles down to all sorts of equipment, not not just John Deere tractors, but look, you know, we live in, I live in Florida, right? You know, we have, a lot of us have swimming pools and things like that in our back. And the the whole racket of swimming pool, computer equipment, you know, maintenance, like, you know, we have this, buy this box on the outside of my house, you know, with a, it's got a microprocessor in it. And, you know, it's sort of like, how do you fix this thing? Right. I mean, if something were to break down or I need to replace a part, I wouldn't know how to do it. I had to call, you know, this guy that I know, you know, a pool guy, pool repair guy. And he comes out to the house and he, and, and, and he charges me uh, whatever it is. And he's a Jandy, you know, Zodiac dealer. So he gets access to the parts and, and, and maintenance network right now. I, I shouldn't necessarily need his skills to do c- certain simple parts repairs. You know, look, I'm glad to hire a local guy, but even for him, to get access to that stuff, it costs him a lot of money to be right. able to get those parts and things, and he has to pass those bills down to me. So it's the same. It's the same deal, like you know, with Tesla. You know, you shouldn't be charging, you know, your dealers uh, or, or, or authorized. Sir, you shouldn't be charging service centers ten thousand dollars for manuals, right? And now you've artificially inflated the cost of repairs to you know across you know a thousand customers. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous. So. You know, as a result of all this legislation that's, you know, about to be passed, you know, I really hope that this stuff trickles down, you know, to the basic consumer. You know, it's not, 
just about a right to repair my mind. It's also an ability to repair. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know about you, but the prospect of opening up a device like a smartphone or, you know, a current generation Mac or PC laptop or, you know, a TV slash monitor or even an IoT box, you know, even if I had access to the parts network and the proper documentation scares the hell out of me. Right. Yeah, I mean, have right. you have you have you seen some of those iFixit videos? I, I mean, you you need to have some serious precision tools to perform simple component replacements for a lot of these products, right? So hopefully, you know, with the introduction of this kind of legislation in various states, it's going to allow more places to enter the repair and services businesses. It'll give them access to the parts network and allow you know more things to get fixed. That that's that's the outcome that I hope. Not necessarily that I get to repair something. But like I can bring it down to, you know, a guy with a shop in, in the shopping center, you know, who's got a part, who's got a repair business and he can and he can repair that guaranteed. And there's no ifs, ands or buts that that the, the things that, you know, the thing's going to work when he plugs the parts in. You know, there's not some goofy routine in iOS that's going to prevent that from happening. You know, that, yeah, exactly. And yeah. you you have the option to repair it yourself, though, which would be even cheaper. But yes. that, but by allowing more third parties to, to repair devices, to your point, it would also lower the cost of repair for you as well. So it's still going to be cheaper than going to Apple and, and or Samsung or whoever it is. I, I have watched a lot of those iFixit videos. At one point, I debated replacing a broken screen on an, okay. iPad, on an iPad mini. And look, I, I ordered the toolkit, not the screen part, but the actual like toolkit that iFixit sells that has like everything that they use to take these devices yep. apart. Uh, and in preparation for this, I actually found a screen a lot cheaper somewhere else through iFixit because they do sell parts. Now, again, they're third-party parts and you may or may not uh, get a warning depending on what Apple decides to implement down the road. So I watched the video, I, I prepared for it, you know, tried to hype myself up. And at the end of the day, it was just too much for me to take on on my own. And, yeah. and so I ended up sending it off for repair somewhere else to a third party. And, you know, it came out okay. I didn't have any issues with it, but I, it, it was cheaper than Apple's solution, but it still was not cheap to get it repaired. Uh, it, but it, it was cheaper than buying a brand new iPad mini for that matter. So I, w I would love to see this as well. I think we deserve at least the option of repairing stuff on our own. Yes, there's some stuff, like you said, that most people are just aren't going to touch. But a lot of places can spin up their own or a lot of a lot of yeah. people can spin up their own business uh, to repair devices on their own and and make some money and provide a cheaper solution than you know going through a, a, an authorized service retailer or whatever it is which costs a lot of money to get that approval and classes and training and service manuals and all of that so i think the best way for users if this is something you agree with as well, if you agree with right to repair to get involved, yep. it's just to contact your local representatives, your lawmakers, and let them know that you support or you want to see right to repair legislation for your state, for your, your local municipality. And that, you know, um, it's just a phone call. It's just an email. You don't have to spend a lot of time doing this, but let them know that you support it. I certainly do. I think it's a great thing for consumers. Apple, Samsung, Tesla, all these guys are going to lose out on the money that they charge. Right? It's a revenue thing for them at this point. They they pitch it as a, a you know a quality thing. That's why they're doing it. It's a set standard, and 
they can ensure the same experience and, and all that across the board. But how, who knows how many billions of dollars Apple makes on repairing phones? Wow. Or, well, no, I, or, it's crazy. Or selling Apple Care so that they can maybe repair a phone, right? Like, well, if, the whole point, if, but it's not so much the repair. It's the obsolescence that they created by the fact that you can't repair it or, or, or they make it impossible, nearly impossible to repair it. So, you yeah. know, like that, like I said, we talked about an entire battery scandal that we, that we saw happen where they would degrade the performance of, of the, 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 the processor. Uh, they'd actually, they'd actually slow the phone down uh, when, as the battery would start to hit end of life, like the 80, 80% or less capacity, and they would clock the phone down and people were wondering why their phones were slowing down. And that's what battery gate was, right? So yeah. they, 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 that's, was, that's causing people to say, oh, this is a slow piece of crap. It's time for me to buy a new iPhone. And really all they needed was to just to get the battery replaced, you know, yeah. which yeah, they couldn't it, do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could, they couldn't do it on their own. And, no, not, not easily. It was expensive proposition and, and difficult. Yeah. Yeah, well, but then Apple rolled out, I think it was $30 to get the battery replaced as long as it was under that 80%. So eventually they stepped up and did the right thing. Yeah. But at first, it, there was a lot of issues with the approach they were taking once once the news broke that that's what they were doing. You know, it, it was $70 or something like that to replace a battery through Apple, which I guess if you don't know what you're doing, is is it too bad and you need need a phone? But they ended up doing it for 30 bucks, which was probably just the cost of the battery, really. Uh, and maybe some labor, but you know, it's it just, yeah, there's, there's a lot of money on the line for them, which is why, uh, they always fight these kind of bills. And I'm not single an Apple out companies across the board. Look, we just talked about John Deere yep. not following through on what they committed to do. This isn't, this isn't a specific problem to Apple or anyone else. This is something that a lot of companies want to hold internal and to themselves. Well, in a lot of cases, you know, you talk about, you know, John Deere or whether it's Caterpillar and any of these type of companies where you are the market leader in a segment and, for example, in a vertical industry. Like also, you know, we talk about hospital equipment, you know, maybe yeah. you have, you know, a dozen companies in, in a certain in a particular space. Right. Like let's like, say the companies that like make like MRI machines or whatever, you know, maybe this is like, like three or four of those companies total worldwide. So, you, you know, you can't just you know, there's not like there's 100 competitors and a hundred companies making standardized parts for these things. These are highly proprietary parts and stuff that, you know, you really got somebody by the short and curlies because <laughs> who else is, who else is going to repair these systems? Right. Yeah. You know, you might yeah. have like, a, like, you know, in Florida, maybe we have a half a dozen companies that are you know, maybe tied to, let's say like Siemens or Philips or whatever is, you know, uh, repair networks for hospital equipment, you know, and they're highly specialized in this, and uh, you know it. It that's that is, um, you know that's it. That's who. That's all you can go to, and so that 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 is why this hospital equipment is so expensive, and the parts for these things, and the repair costs are so are, are so expensive. Not because of the, it's the cost of the manufacturing to make these things. It's because it's got a limited supply chain, and you know, it, and and that is really what we're trying to solve here: is increase the number of people that can repair these things, and in, and potentially increase the, the the number of manufacturers that can make parts and all this other kind of stuff. If there's open yeah. documentation, uh, and and that's really uh, what hopefully is one of the positive, one of the few silver linings of dealing with COVID nineteen is that it brought these issues to the surface. Finally, after after you know over a decade of dealing with this stuff, yeah, they've been kind of bubbling up over the years. 
but companies would fight it. Legislatures would, legislators would drop it. And, you know, it, it just kind of would get pushed under the rug again. But it seems it's finally, the movement is finally picking up momentum. And we're actually going to see some change implemented, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Any, any closing thoughts, Perlo? No, you know, I, I think we cover the, the, the gamut of this. Um, you know, I'm yeah. hoping someday I can actually open up a piece of equipment again and, and, and fix it. You know, because basically everything is unfixable. I mean, even if you were to look inside a laptop on an iPhone, everything is soldered to the main board, you know, yep. the, you know, and, and so and, and the minimum number of components. I mean, like, I mean, you pop open a, a typical smartphone, all you got is a display, a, a display connector ribbon, uh, you know, a main board. And, you know, maybe there's a, a battery connected to a, a that's it. You know, and and and, the, and you know maybe there's maybe the camera assembly's got a separate you know housing or something, and but there's not a hell of a lot of ways to remove a part from something or replace a part. You know, and so I, I I'm not saying that we should necessarily go back to discrete components and and, and nuts and bolts necessarily because that might make things bulkier and bigger. But maybe there's a middle ground here for some of this stuff. Who knows? Uh, but at the very least, let, let's get my local guy be able to, to swap. Swap a main board and not to cost me, you know, five hundred dollars uh, to right. do it. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I think I think part of the problem is many of the devices and gadgets and random odds and ends that we purchase are are single use. They're made not to be repaired. They're made to be thrown away once they break and just buy another one. So hopefully, which is horrible, horrible for the no. environment. Oh horrible my god, across the board, right? Like, so hopefully, my hope is. That right to repair means that some of those devices that are viewed as disposable become repairable as a byproduct of all of this. Yeah, we, we could single out iPhones and tractors and TVs and laptops, but what about a, a cheap blender I buy or a toaster or, you know, something like that? Yeah, I haven't looked into repairing a blender or a toaster there. It may be a case. I was just using those as examples, but I would love to see that kind of trickle down to the rest of devices that we typically would just throw away if it breaks, I, you know, whatever it is, a, a lawn maintenance tool or whatever whatever. I don't know. I don't have any ideas outside of that, but uh, you get my point. Um, so, so that's, that's really my goal and my, my hope for right to repair long-term, but yeah, I'm with you. I would love to be able to have the confidence to crack open an iPhone on my own and wow. swap out the yeah. camera. Like I just, I just would love to be able to do that with official documentation from Apple and not a very intimidating video from a third party. <laughs> yeah. Very intimidating. Very yeah, intimidating. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So yeah, if you if you support right to repair, like I said earlier, get a hold of your local lawmakers, let them know you support it and you want to see legislation passed. That's the only way this is truly going to happen is momentum from from the ground up. And uh yeah, we'll see what Agreed. happens in the future. I'm Jason Cipriani and I'm Jason Perlo. Thanks for listening to our show. We truly appreciate it. Make sure to check out more of our work at zdnet.com.